the birth of our Savior. And, and so be sure to, if, if you see any of them around after church, give them a, um, give them a hug, tell them how, how great they did. And uh, today as we gather together and we um, are about to look at our next character of Christmas, any of our children can go ahead and head to the back for Children's Church today. Uh, any of our children can head to Children's Church today. For those of you who are staying in here, we're going to be in Matthew 1, 18 through 25. Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. And as we started last week, we're going to be looking at the characters of Christmas. Not just the different people that are involved, but also the character of those people um, and what we can learn from them. And so this week, um, following last week, we looked at Mary. And so it makes sense that this week we're going to look at Joseph. And, And generally, when I've heard or looked at things about Joseph, it's often characteristics of what it means to be a godly man, a good man, a husband, a father, Um, because we don't really know a lot about Joseph, and everything we really do know uh, is about his profession and then his role as a husband and as the earthly father of Jesus, and that's about all we know about him. But I think when we look at this passage, we look at some of the other places, really, we will see just about all that is mentioned uh, of Joseph in Scripture. I think we can learn a lot from him, not just the men, but, but everyone involved can learn about Joseph and how we ought to be. And so with that, let's start reading in Matthew chapter 1. We're going to go from verses 18 through 25. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came, to, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save the people, save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home to be his wife, but had no union with her until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. Let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Father, we Thank you this morning that we can come and we can worship you. We can sing the praises of Emmanuel, God with us, the King of Kings, come to die so that we might have life. Father, we thank you for the salvation that's available only through Jesus. And we thank you that you give it freely to all who call on your name. And Lord, I pray that you'll be with us today. That as we look at Joseph, this other faithful servant in the story of our Savior's birth, I pray that you'll help us to look at his life, to look at what we can learn and how we can be faithful servants ourselves. God, I pray that you'll be with us today. In Jesus' name, amen. So as we look at this passage, as we look at um, what it means to follow God, to follow Christ, the first thing we can see is that we need to show up. We need to show up. And if we're going to think about this process all the way through, as I was looking at this, the, the, the things that kind of lined up about Joseph, the, the terms that kind of came up for the main points, kind of lined up with one of my favorite things, which is baseball. I grew up playing baseball, and I know that I don't really look like one, but I was a pitcher, and I did okay. But usually pitchers are tall, if that confused you. But um, 
we got to show up. And when you, talk, when you talk about sports, you think about sports and you might have heard a coach say to a player before, if you've ever played a sport, you may have heard this before, you didn't show up to play today. You didn't show up ready to play. I don't know if you've ever seen the, the pretty infamous interview of Allen Iverson uh, when he was back in his, the, the heyday of his career, he was a star, and they're kind of questioning him at a press conference. I heard you've been missing practice. And he says, why are we here talking about practice? I'm supposed to be a franchise player, and we're here talking about practice, not a game. And it kind of has been remixed, it's been made a song. But the whole point that he missed is what we have to understand. We have to show up and we have to be prepared. That's what we can learn from Joseph. Joseph showed up and was prepared to do what needed to be done. Scripture is full of people who showed up prepared. And the two that stick out most to me from the Old Testament are Noah and David. So what I mean by showing up prepared, it, mean, it means being a person that is ready to be used by God. Think about Noah. When all the wickedness is, is, is on the earth, God found favor, or Noah found favor with God. He was prepared. He was ready to be used by God. He was ready to be the one that God would work through to deliver him and his family from the coming flood. Then think of David who showed up prepared to a place where he wasn't even supposed to be or, or doing the things he was going to do. He showed up taking provisions to his brothers, but showed up prepared to defend the name of God before the, before the Philistine Goliath who would oppose God. Noah and David were prepared and ready to be used by God. Joseph was found in this passage to be prepared. Joseph was a good man by accounts of people. We know that no one is good. We all are guilty of sin, but he showed up prepared. It says that he wanted to follow the law, but he was also a good man with a kind heart. And so here's what situation he finds himself in. He's engaged to be married, but is not yet married and finds out his wife is expecting a baby. And he knows it's not his. And so he wants to follow the law. He knows that the right thing to do is is to no longer marry her, as the, as the law would have indicated, but he also doesn't want to humiliate and disgrace Mary because he's a good man with a kind heart. And so he was going to divorce her quietly. But we see that an angel appeared to him. We see that that's not the end of the story. He did not want to put Mary to shame, though he had the right to do so under the law. He did not want to disobey the law and, and go through with things that were not godly. He wanted to honor God, and he wanted to do it in a way that honored people. So how, what does it look like for us to show up? We need to be the kind of person that God would use. If we want to be used by God, if we want God to work in our lives and work through our lives, we should consider what type of person God has used in the past. What is the kind of person that God has indicated he wants to use? And the next question, are we that kind of person? Probably the most similar example of this, I know when I was growing up, I was going through high school and college, different uh, Christian mentors, you know, they would ask you, who is your ideal spouse? Who's your ideal wife? Would you make the list of the characteristics that person would have? So it's like, oh, well, she you know, goes to church, she's, she's beautiful, all these different things you'd put on a list, right? Your ideal spouse. And then the question they'd ask at the end of that is, are you the kind of person someone like that would want to marry. And that one kind of hits you like a, a gut punch when you're like, well, there's probably a few things I need to work on. 
There's probably a few things I can do to improve, to be better prepared for that situation, to be better prepared for the ideal spouse I have in mind. And so if we want God to work in our lives, we read the stories of people like Noah or David or Abraham, these people who are faithful, or Joseph, who showed up and were prepared and God used them, God worked in their lives. And we think about, man, it'd be, it'd be really nice if God would use me in a powerful way to have an impact on the people around me, to, to do something to further his kingdom. The question we need to ask is, well, what kind of people, what were the characteristics of those people? What are the people God uses like? Oh, well, they had faith in him. They followed him. They didn't put anything in front of him. They believed him. Then the final question, is that what you're like? Is that what I'm like? Are there things we need to do to be prepared? Because kind of like what Alan Iverson missed is practice is very important. Because when it comes time to be there, to show up, to be ready, you must be prepared. We need to prepare like God will use us. What would it look like for you to be more prepared to be used by God today? If you can identify these places in your life that you need to improve, how can you take the steps to do it? One of the things that's always kind of fascinated me is, is growing up, you, you, you would meet friends and you have people, and one of the dreams I had, again, with baseball, was to play in the MLB, to play, to be a professional baseball player. Now, I met other kids that had the same dream, but one of the things that was very strange is that they didn't play baseball. They had the dream of playing a professional sport. Maybe it wasn't baseball, but they didn't play the sport that they wanted to go professional in. That's not going to work out. You've got to prepare for the thing you are trying to achieve. How can you take steps to be more prepared? Where do you know that you lack in your preparedness to serve God, and how can you improve we also need to put ourselves into places where God can use us. Now, Joseph didn't really do anything in particular here other than be a part of God's plan that didn't, and he didn't know it until the time it came to, to be. But one of the things that has, has, I have found strange through life, when I was in college, we went uh, to a monastery and interacted with some monks uh, who are very faithful in prayer. They're very faithful in their uh, devotion to God. They're, they're very disciplined and their obedience to God. But one of the things that I find strange about that process is that one of the things God is clear about is he wants his people to influence the world and to expand the kingdom of God. And one of the questions that I asked that the, the, the monk that spoke with us kind of didn't seem very happy about was how can you do those things if you don't leave this place? And so one of the things we have to think about is if we want to be used by God, we very literally have to show up the places we believe God is going to be working. If we, if we want to see something happen, if you want to, to go see a movie, you better show up at the movie theater where they're showing the movie if you want to see it. If we want to be involved with where God is working, we have to show up and put ourselves into places where we know that we can be used by God. So we have to show up. Joseph was ready. He was the right person at the right time to be in this position. We see that even just in the first part of this, how he responded to the news of Mary's pregnancy. But the next part of this is not do we, only do we show up, and, and we show up prepared and ready, we step up. We step up to the plate when the time comes. One of my favorite movies of all time is, is the movie Rocky. 
And in the first one, he is presented the opportunity to fight Apollo Creed. And if you don't know anything about this movie, he's a low-level boxer that has not much going on in his life. And Apollo Creed is the world champion. And he gets this opportunity to fight him. It's, it's, it's because Apollo's fight falls through and they're looking for a good story, the, the nobody getting to face the, the champion. They, I think they even say in the movie, David versus Goliath. It's the American dream that anybody can have a chance. And everybody has a chance to win is the reason they give. Initially, Rocky turns us down, but then he later accepts it. And people try to talk him out of it, but he goes for it with everything he has. He trains, and to his surprise, he does well. He knocks down Apollo Creed for the first time he's ever been knocked down. He goes the full 15 rounds with him. Both fighters are exhausted, falling on to each other when the final bell rings. And to finish it off, when the time comes, by split decision, Rocky loses. But he doesn't care. He showed up. He stepped up to the plate. He met the challenge. That was more than anyone expected of him. And at this stage, we see that Joseph stepped up. He believed God. He believed God when the angel told him to not be afraid to take Mary as his wife, that this was conceived by the Holy Spirit, that this would be the Savior of his people, that through him, the people would have forgiveness for their sins. Joseph believed God. Not only was he the right person for this task, he stepped up to the plate, and it says that when he awoke, he married Mary, took her to be his wife, and when they had the son, named him Jesus. He was obedient to God. He did what was asked of him. So how do we apply this part into our lives? We need to step up to the plate when God calls us. The ways that we can step up can be different. Some of these can be through the roles that we already have or we naturally encounter in our life. We like to think about the calling of God as the things like this, where God appears to us, shows us a plan, shows us a thing, where a burning bush appears and says, go and set my people free, as he did to Moses. But oftentimes the way God calls us is very different than that. Sometimes the roles we play are thrust upon us in different ways. What roles do you already have in your life, many of which you cannot and should not remove? If you are married, you are a spouse. One of the roles God has for you is to be faithful and loving and caring in your marriage and to honor God and step up to the plate as a spouse. If you're a parent, you already have the role of a parent. You cannot not be a parent. You can be a bad parent. But you have been given the role of being the parent to someone, to being the parent of a child, for caring for that child, for nurturing them, for honoring God and how you raise that child. Some are a little more choice-based. Are you a friend? Where do you, are you a church member at? Where are you an employee at? And all of these different roles you already have, how do you step up to the plate for God in those areas? Paul says it this way in the New Testament, in all that you do, glorify God. In all that you do, glorify God. But then there are the specific roles that God calls us to. There are the moments, and it may not be in a burning bush, it may not be an audible voice, but if you followed God for any period of time, you've had a point where you knew there was something that God wanted you to do. Whether it was having a conversation 
with a particular person, whether it was encouraging someone who needed it, being there for somebody, sharing the gospel, whatever it is, if you have followed God, there has been some point where he has called you by his spirit or by the influence of others or some combination to do something. And the hard thing about that is taking on new things can be terrifying. Stepping out of our comfort zone, doing something we're not familiar with can be terrifying. Can you imagine the fear that Joseph must have had in this moment? Knowing that he really really couldn't share this vision and even if he did, no one would believe him. Knowing that people would probably talk behind his back, there goes Joseph who married the woman who's having a son that's not his. But Joseph is faithful. He believes. He steps up to the plate to do what he's called to do despite the unknown, despite what he doesn't know. We also have the roles that God will call us out of. Sometimes obeying in leaving a situation can be harder than taking on something that is new. Sometimes God calls us to leave what we know to do something else. Now, sometimes this is for our clear and ultimate good. It calls us out of sinfulness and to live into righteousness. That's good for us. But sometimes it's to leave things we know. Think of those who are called to the mission field. It's both things. They're leaving their family, leaving the comfort of the place they grew up to go to an unknown place. So what places is God calling you to do today? What roles do you have you need to honor him in? What roles might he be calling you to step up into? And what roles is he calling you to step out of? Whatever we do, we must trust that what God knows is that God, we must trust that God knows what he is doing when he calls us to do something. It isn't an accident or or a mistake. God can and will use you. You know, we talked about Noah a moment ago and the people that, um, the, the retellings I've seen of the story of Noah often include the people ridiculing him. You know, because you don't build a boat that big overnight. And so here Noah is building this large boat because what God told him to do, and we don't necessarily see it in Scripture, but if someone saw him doing that, they're going to be like, what is this crazy guy doing? Do you think there was ever a moment that Noah was kind of like, you know, it's not even raining right now. I'm supposed to be building this boat. What is going on? If we're honest with ourselves, we have moments like that. We're, what God calls us to do, we don't see how it's all going to come together yet. And it's hard to trust him. It's hard to take that step. It's hard to be obedient in that. But we have to know that what God is doing and what he will do, the promises he makes to us, he will fulfill, and he will do things through these acts of obedience that we won't see at the present time. And so not only do we step up to the plate to accept the task, we have to follow through with what God calls us to do. We have to follow through in the clutch. And in that term, through looking at this, I figured out does come directly from baseball. Um, I always called them pinch hitters, but they used to also be called clutch hitters, a person who would step in to hit in, in a game in a moment uh, where they were needed. Perhaps you have a pitcher that's coming up in the rotation, and they're not a very good hitter, and you have someone else that can step in in the clutch. And it's a moment where there's tension and pressure, and there's all of these things are coming together, and 
what happens next rides on this moment. Are they going to come through in the clutch? And now, now among the sports world today, the idea of someone being clutch means that they will come through in those moments. But we see that not only did Joseph show up prepared, he was the right man, not only did he step up to the plate when he was called, he followed through with the task that was given to him. Along the baseball lines, if you've ever heard the story or the little poem of Casey at the bat, there's a story of this team in Mudville, and they're about to lose, and it's all hope seems to be lost because their worst two batters are up and there's two outs. But they both get on base, and then comes the mighty Casey to the bat. He's feared by all, but he strikes out. Casey didn't follow through. He was unable to do what needed to be done. But Joseph fulfilled his role. He did what he was called to do. What was Joseph called to do? To care for Jesus, to care for Mary, to be their protector, to be their provider, to be a husband and a father as he needed to be. And from what we see in Scripture, that is exactly the man that Joseph was. That was exactly what Joseph did with his life. You know, I don't think we think about this very often, but after the, the Magi leave, we see in, in chapter 2 of Matthew that when the Magi had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph. This is in verse 13 of chapter 2. Get up, he said. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. Oftentimes when we think of Christmas, Joseph seems to be kind of a side character. Mary is the one entrusted with, with bearing Jesus, to be his mother, to give birth to him, and to be called by many the mother of God in this sense because she gave birth to Jesus. But Joseph's just kind of there. Kind of just like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll marry you, I'll go along for the ride. But no, Joseph is given the task of leading this family and protecting this family. When the Magi leave and Herod is threatening to kill Jesus, looking to kill Jesus because he's heard about the one that will be called the king of the Jews, the angel appears to Joseph and tells Joseph to take his family to Egypt, to protect his family, to play the role that he's been given. He wasn't just supposed to, hey, marry, 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 go through with the wedding, be there, be in the story. No, be the father, the earthly father to Jesus that you were called to be. Be the husband to Mary that you're called to be. Protect them, provide for them. Do what you're called to do. And in the same way, the angel tells Joseph, return to Israel. And also tells them essentially to settle in Nazareth. The one thing about Joseph that I think is true about many people who seek to follow God. Joseph didn't get to see the culmination of his obedience. Joseph did not see Jesus become the Savior of the people of Israel. He knew the promise. He was faithful in raising him. He, he sought to protect him, to care for him, provide for him. And we don't know. I was discussing uh, with, with Dennis before the sermon. We don't really know when Joseph died. It's clear by the time Jesus begins his public ministry that Joseph has died. Especially by the time that he's killed on the cross because he looks to John and says, this is your mother, care for her. He entrusts Mary, his mother, to John. 
But we know Joseph's gone. We don't know when. We don't know why. We don't know what happened. But we do know that for whatever time Joseph was here, he was faithful. He obeyed God. He knew what the promise of was through Jesus. He, he loved him. He guided him. He cared for him. And then his, his service was done. He didn't see the victory. He didn't see the crucifixion. He didn't see the resurrection. He was already gone. There's not a lot said about Joseph, but what is said about him, I believe, says a lot. He was a man who loved God and a man who followed God. And if, imagine if he had disobeyed. You see, the, he played the role that God had for him well, and the role that God had for him didn't give him a lot of acclaim. How many sermons have you heard about Joseph, specifically? Not a lot, I would, I would assume. I haven't heard a lot. But if he had disobeyed, imagine, well, that doesn't sound very, uh, like a very good plan. I want to go make a name for myself. Nothing he did would have mattered. It mattered that he did what he was called to do. So how do we apply this to our lives? We need to follow through on what God calls us to do. Not just be the right person in the right place, not just step up to the plate initially, but we got to follow through on what God calls us to do. We've seen the stories of the people who don't follow through. Saul, in the Old Testament, was called to be the first king of Israel, given all of this power, this authority, this status, and he disobeys God. He doesn't follow through. And the rest of his life is in ruins. We read what Paul, the apostle, says in 1 Corinthians 9, 26 through 27. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. What is he saying? What is the point of what Paul is saying there? I know what I have to do. And as best as I'm able, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to follow through with what God's called me to. And if we're going to follow through, we can't worry about seeing the result. We can't worry about seeing the result. Because we may not always see the result, but what matters is that we play our part. I want you to think for a moment about people that we look up to, people that we look at as, as beacons for God, who did amazing things for God, like Billy Graham. All of the people who came to faith through his ministry and his preaching. But consider for a moment, how many people do you think Billy Graham knew personally that he, God used him to change their lives? How many people left a Billy Graham crusade and were never able to tell Billy about what, they had, what God had done through him? You know, when I was called to ministry, it was at a youth camp, I many of you have heard this before, um, and there was a man that was preaching and talking about grace, talking about what God had done, talking about following, obeying the Lord, and, and his name was Brian Jennings. And there was hundreds of kids at this camp, maybe over a thousand, I don't know, hundreds of kids at the very least. And many people responded, many people prayed with their youth pastor, talked to different people. It was several years later, um, I actually re realized that I was friends with him on Facebook, and 
There's, there's a passage in Scripture that talks about telling people what they've done because the, the, the worker ought to know what, get, get the reward. I don't have it off, offhand at the moment, but I felt like I ought to tell him about how God had used him in my life. And I would encourage you, if there's someone that God has used in your life, tell them about it. Tell them about it, because uh, oftentimes people wait till it's too late to say the kind things about the person. You know, how many times have you been to a funeral where people said, I wish I could just tell them how much they meant to me. I wish I could just tell them of all of the ways they've meant to me, all the things they've done. If you have things like that, if you have a person that God has used in your life, tell them. So I sent him a message, and it turns out that as he sent it, it he said it, it was a great time because he was about to speak to the biggest crowd and had some nerves, and it was an encouragement to hear about how God had worked in my life through his ministry. And, and so sharing with people is a great thing, but we ourselves personally can't worry about seeing the result. If you're faithful to the Lord, if you're seeking him, there is every reality that the fruit and the benefit of what you do now, you may never see the full result of. It'll be enjoyed by generations to come. But we can't worry about our legacy. It doesn't matter what we do, about how what we do affects our legacy, what people will say about us. Our concern should be with building the kingdom of God. Joseph was not concerned with what people would say about him or if they'd remember his name. He was concerned with being faithful. And he knew that his task was great because the one that was his son, his earthly son, not, that he was not the literal father of, but one that people knew as his son, was the one who would save people from their sins. So this morning, as you consider the faithfulness of Joseph, as you consider that he was the right person who stepped up and he followed through, I want you to consider today, are you the right person right now for God to use? Or are there some things you know you need to do, some areas you know you need to improve in to be used by God? Well, God can use you where you are, but if, if you're anticipating that, how can you be better prepared? And are you going to step up when he calls you? Are you going to step up to play the role, whatever it may be, big or small, that God has for you? And when you do step up, are you going to follow through? Are you going to see it to completion? Whether you see the result of it, whether you see the benefit, whether you get any fame or glory, because you know it's what God wants you to do, and it builds the kingdom of God. Whatever you do, my prayer today is that we would be faithful like Joseph was faithful that we would believe, that we would trust, that we would step up and we would follow through. The most important thing is that you would believe what Joseph came to believe and trust God in, that Jesus was the one through whom people would have their sins forgiven. And so this morning, if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, if you've never made a decision to repent of your sins, to acknowledge them, confess them to God and repent of your sins, to turn the other way and to believe and put your faith and your trust only in the work of Christ on the cross. The perfect Holy One who took our sin so that in Him we might be called the righteousness of God. That you can be forgiven if you will believe in Jesus 
and believe that God has raised him from the dead, and through him we might have life rather than the punishment we deserve. If you've never done that today, or if you have questions about that, I, w- I would encourage you to, to come forward and talk with me this morning, to, to seek someone out that you know has the answers you need. But if you do know him this morning, are you prepared? Are you ready to, to show up and be faithful? Are you ready to step up to the plate when God calls you and to follow through with your role, whatever it is? For the glory of God. Because if we will do that together, we'll be able to build the kingdom of God together to glorify Him with our lives. And though we may never see the result of it, God will work through our obedience. So let's seek Him together this morning. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank You for this day that You've given us, this time that we could come together, that we can look at Your Word and we can seek to learn by the example of Your faithful servants. God, I pray that today that you would help us to be found faithful, that we would be ready, that we would show up and we would step up to the plate and that we would follow through. God, I pray that you would work in our hearts this morning, convict us, show us, guide us, call us to obedience and empower us to be faithful. God, if anyone does not know you this morning, if they don't have a relationship with you, I pray that you'd convict them and that today they would turn to you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. We hope this sermon has been a blessing to you today. If you have any questions about what you've heard, we would love to hear from you through our church Facebook page, email, or by calling the church office.